0: Through his choice vessel Apostle Goodheart O Equeme
1: Hallelujah If you have your Bible very quickly Turn together with me to Matthew 5 And then also Psalm 107 Matthew 5 6 reads thus Blessed are they Which do hunger And thirst After righteousness For they shall be Filled. Can we say that together? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Psalm 107, verse 9 For he that satisfies the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. One assignment this morning spiritual hunger and and intimacy. Father Lord, bless the reading and the teaching of your word today. We vow to give you alone the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Amen. You may please be still very comfortably in God's wonderful presence. Um, as we came into this year, the Lord began to charge us and challenge us amongst many things on his desire for us to begin to cultivate Intimacy at a whole new level. And that's why I find this particular topic very relevant for where we are today. Spiritual hunger and intimacy. Now the word intimacy many have humorously called it into me you see. Into me you see. When two people are said to be intimate with each other. There are very little secrets they keep from one another. They divest, divulge what to them are secrets one to each other. It came upon a time in the journey of Jesus with his disciples. He said, I no longer call you or address you as servants, but from this point in time I call you as friends. And as such, the things I'm making available for you to know by way of revelation. That are only accessible for those who are in covenant, not those who are outside. Because the word friendship is beyond the way we use it in our modern day parlance. Just you call everybody your friend. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry is your friend. But really, in the in the in the in the biblical term, uh, friendship speaks of covenant. Bible speaks of a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So you can have a brother who may not be your friend but you won't have a friend who's not really your brother. So he said, I no longer call you servant, but from this point in time, I call you friends. As we see in Genesis, when God created Adam, the Bible tells us in the book of beginnings that from time to time, God will come in the cool of the day to fellowship with the Adam and Eve he created because God didn't just want to create subjects. He had that already. Angels in their uh, great glory. Michael, Gabriel, the living creatures. Name them all. He had them uh, at his back and call. But what he wanted was to have somebody he can fellowship with. He can relate with somebody relatable to him. So he said, or oh, they said, the triune God let us make man in our image and our likeness. So, man was made in the image and the likeness of God to afford man the opportunity, if I may use that word, to be able to fellowship and relate with the man he made. Shout a big amen, somebody. And the man he made was in twofold Adam and Eve. And they walked in great intimacy. The Bible says concerning both of them that they were naked and not ashamed. So there comes a point of intimacy with anybody that you come to where you can be naked. That word means vulnerable and afford not to be ashamed. Praise God. So when you have things that really bother you, things of concern, you don't announce your issues on the street, on the mountaintop. You look for those covenant friends or brothers that you can relate with, who can share your burden with you. You share it. They can really stand with you in prayer. They won't spread your matter in the public domain, but they're there to stand with you, to strengthen you. Uh, That is what is called a true friend indeed. Saints, there is a difference between relationship and fellowship. Now, it's possible, as you know, to be in relationship with many people, but still not enjoy intimacy or, if you like, fellowship with the people you have relationship with. Uh, You're born from the same womb with two, three, four siblings. Naturally, they're related to you. They're your brother and your sister. Uh, You have a father and mother. But you see, you can have a father and a mother who you don't enjoy fellowship with. You don't really know. You don't know the things in their heart. That's why oftentimes when parents have particular things they want to discuss with their children, uh, it's more than likely they will discuss with one or two who they feel um, are more relatable. They've enjoyed a measure of fellowship over time beyond relationship so they can they can share fellowship. Praise the Lord somebody. Now, this is the desire of God to not only have us relate with him, first and foremost, not just as subject and master, but as children and parents, as Abba, Father, and children, but he desires for you and I to build and to develop intimacy and the fellowship with him. Saints, for anybody to build intimacy or fellowship, there must be a deliberate effort. There must be an intentionality. It doesn't just happen. You you don't just become close to your children. I'm finding that out recently, that you're not just going to become close to your children because they're your children. You must make efforts that are deliberate um, to commune. That word commune, is from the root word communication, to commune with them, have interaction, uh, know them for where they are, share their interest, uh, know what their passion is and seek to identify with them. Even though your passion may not be relatable, but you make efforts to let them know uh, what you are passionate about, I'm interested in. That opens their heart to endear themselves to you. So when there are issues and matters in their heart, uh, they will not quickly share with that friend in school who can give a round counsel, but they will joyfully share with mother, share with father, share with siblings. And it's a safe haven for them to divulge their secret or their bother on their matter. What am I saying? It takes effort. It takes intentionality for you to build fellowship with anybody. With your pastor, with your friends in church, with your colleagues, with your co-laborer. That's why we make a big emphasis in logic on team ministry. We believe two together according to the law of synergy will do much more than two apart. Bible declares one shall chase a thousand to flight, but two together won't chase two thousand, but will chase ten thousand to flight. So when we have that understanding, here we say again and again: we are in this what? Together. Praise. Can we say it together? We are in this what? together we understand together we can do much more for the kingdom and for the king in the city and the nations of the world when you pull your resource I pull my resource you bring your gift your talent that would God has given you graced you by way of, of 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 giftings anointings and mantles you bring it all together in one house one umbrella My God, it will be explosive, sound to bless the nation. And I believe that's what God has been doing in the past five years. Melting our hearts together. Breaking down every and any walls of division, of tribe, of culture, of classes, of masses, of tongue. To blend us to the point where we can be truly some 133 believers. How good, how pleasant it is for brethren in Rodgica. To dwell together. In the place called unity. Verse 3 says, For such a place is the place of His commanded Saints, you are not alone in this fight of life. We are in this together. Can we declare that again? We are in this together. Amen. Hallelujah. David the sweet psalmist wrote in Psalm 42 verses 1 to 2. As a heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? It is a man who was longing, who was yearning, who was hungry, who was thirsty just to enjoy company, and fellowship with Abba Father. You know, whenever you feel a little bit low, one thing you can do is just pick up the Psalms in particular. Go efficient for those Psalms that David penned down. He was a man who enjoyed great intimacy with God. The Bible says concerning David in Acts 13-22 that he was a man after God's own heart. <laughs> it says he served God in his generation and he fell asleep, but he was a man after after God's own heart. And God desires for you and I. Not just to be a people after God's hands only. Who also want his treasures. His blessings. He wants us to want him. His person. His heart. And to want his face. His glory. Hallelujah. He was a man after God's own heart. It he takes a heart. To pant after the heart of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. As the dear Pants for the word of His said. This is the description of me and God. I'm likewise panting after my God. There is something that attracts God to a people who are passionate and are hungry and are thirsty for him. It's like he rushes in when he sees hunger. There is a law, as a matter of fact, spiritual law in scriptures. We read Matthew 5, 6. That as many as hunger for him, my God, as many as thirst for him, he will satisfy their longing, their yearning. So he is attracted to a hungry heart and a hungry soul. He is. He is. He is. And the thing about hunger is this hunger is indicative of health. Well, what do I mean? You see, when somebody is ill, health challenge, um, many, many, many symptoms will be there. But you see, as long as the person who is challenged with ill health still has hunger. I mean, somebody who is sick, say, ah, I'm a, I want to eat part of the app. You never is de- sick. You're de- sick, but never really is de- sick. You know, uh, it's a good sign of health for you to be hungry and to be thirsty. Am I correct there? Praise God. As it is in the physical Beloved Oh boy It is also in the spiritual You see You will be sincere There have been those moments In your life In your journey with God That you clearly had Certain levels Of passion And a hunger For God And the things of God And maybe today I don't know uh, It began to wave Through the passage of life, through the, the test and uh, the challenge that life brought your way, it began to ebb, began to wane. You're not as, as passionate as we say in Nigerian parlance. You know they do you like before. Praise God. It's indicative that that person is in dire need of revival. Praise God. The Bible says in the day and age we live called the end times, guess what? The, 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 the heart of men shall wax cold. It's a telltale sign we are in the last days that the hearts of men will wax cold. They will just not be as passionate about God, naturally speaking, except they are intentional and deliberate to be passionate about God. Praise God somebody. Praise God somebody. So when we find hunger, hunger should be preserved. Hunger should be nurtured. You should look for the things that trigger your hunger, that make you want more of God. Some days ago, we got through seven days of fasting and prayer. Typically, if you apply your heart to those days, it will naturally awaken levels of hunger for God and the things of God. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, hunger for God is a telltale sign of spiritual health. You see, you've heard me teach over and over again, I will mention again that, that the God we serve is a Hiding God. Psalm 45 verse 15 says, For verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. What? He does hide. God hides. Thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. O God of Israel, the Savior. The question is, why will the Bible tell me that God Is hiding himself. Well, number one reason is that he hides himself for you as a child of God. He doesn't hide himself from you. He really hides himself for you. He wants to be chased after. He wants to be pursued. As it is between man and woman who are intimate, he wants to be courted. He wants to see you longing for him. My God. He wants to see you wanting him for his person, not just to be used for his power. Praise the Lord somebody. He deserves to be pursued after. He says, He's a God that hides himself. We see in Proverbs 25, verse 1 and 2. Proverbs 25, 1 and 2. A flip side of this. says, These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, Copied out. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. Who conceals? That's his glory. He conceals a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. God wants you, as it were, to search him out. That word search is from the word seek. Matthew seven seven, ask, you receive; seek or search, you find; knock, the door shall be open unto you. Those are levels of 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 pursuing God's presence from the outer court to the holy place to the holy of holies. From just asking, 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 my daily bread, healing, provision, power, miracles, breakthrough. There is a place for that. We must ask. He's a liberal God. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger. He's tender mercy over all his works. He's generous. He's the God of the exceeding abundantly above. More than we can ask, think, or imagine. That's God. He wants to give you more than we want to receive. But there's another level of just going beyond asking to seek it. You're saying, I want to know you. Like Moses said, show me your glory. Except you show me your glory. Don't take me from here. I know there's Canaan ahead of me. But don't take me even to Canaan without first and foremost allow me to encounter you why Moses understood that going to Canaan is not just about going to a land with milk and honey only but going to Canaan requires the presence and the power of God why there are giants in the land you didn't get that oh I get no, 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 sorry let me leave that alone so it says these are proverbs of Solomon he said that it's Lord's glory to conceal and it's the honor of kings. And by the way, you and I are kings unto him. We are made kings and priests unto our God. Revelation 1.6. He made us unto him kings and priests. So as a king, it's an honor to pursue your God. To inquire after his face. To seek his mind. Hallelujah. 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 And there's some effort. There is a price to build intimacy. The price is not so much as something material, financial. Really, really, it has more to do with the price you pay at the heart level. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. James 4, it says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. The truth is, God has already made himself available to all. But he wants us to be more deliberate in drawing near to him. I believe that to the extent you desire, you want him, is the extent you will find him. God said to Abraham, look northward. He's saying to us, look northward. Look southward. Look eastward. Look westward. Oh boy, as far as you see in God, he makes available to you. He's not hiding from you, he's hiding for you. He wants to be sought after. I pray this morning that God will begin to stir a whole new level of hunger in our hearts for God, for the things of God, but for God Himself. Hallelujah! For there is a soul or a heart that pants after God as the deer pants for the water brook. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Two words that begin to paint a bigger picture of the word hunger. Number one is lack. When you're hungry, it's indicative you have a desire that is unmet. So there's a lack. But the other word is desire. So write these words down. Hunger is tied to a lack, and insufficiency of something, and also desire. Whilst our focus this hour is the desire. That which you're longing for, that which you're thirsting after. What is desire? Desire means to need, to long, to have passion, to have yearning, to have craving, to have a thirst. I I know these words we can use uh, for different things, for money, for houses for your girlfriend boyfriend husband wife but really more so than this we should use these words for God passion thirst desire need and you see when this need is found and lacking our heart we need to go to God as we cry out next two minutes say God make me hungry if you're already hungry ask him make me more hungry why your hunger is an indication of what your desire is listen but your desire will also determine what you pursue. As I said, your pursuit is a proof of your desire. What you're chasing, what you're longing for, indicates what you really desire. So if you are chasing after God, it's indicative that you desire God. If you're not, we've got to cry, God, make me hungry for you. You see, one thing that, Challenges hunger in heart is this? Listen carefully. Don't miss this. If you are full of something, you will not be hungry for that thing. Correct? Remember, hunger is tied to passion. It's tied to intimacy. So when you're hungry for something, you go for it. Hungry for food, you go for it. Thirsty for water, you go for it. But in a slightly different way also, when you're full of one thing, Already, you may not be hungry for another. Oh boy. When we allow the cravings of this world to satisfy us, we'll lack space and room in our hearts to long after God. So if we're going to hunger after God, first step is this, there must be a displacement in our hearts of the things that have sought to take the place of God in our heart. Ay, yeah yeah. Matthew six thirty three. Seek first, first, the law of kingdom priority. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And these things, what are they? The things that Gentiles are longing after. They will begin to pursue. But there must be a displacement of those of desires. And a replacement with the desire of God. We're going to pray this one. Lord, make me hungry. Will you rise on your feet this morning? so this year He's calling us to a next level of pursuit of intimacy. I was saying there's a connection between hunger and intimacy. Until you're hungry, you won't go for something. We are already in prayer. Have just one minute to cry out to your God, Father. Make me hungry. Ah, who was this word for? Candibala. I refuse to be satisfied prematurely. Bakotemeranus. Leketibalas. Let my hunger be so wide, so deep, it will carry me to the end. Ay, ay, ay. Can you ask the Lord for grace to displace every other thing that has sought to take the place of God in your heart? You wake up thinking that phone. Wake up thinking that business deal wake up thinking that contract wake up thinking that relationship ah 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 love from today Rogic has come to gilgal circumcise our heart afresh ah help us to desire you help us to pant after you more help us to be an enoch generation a people you can walk with and take with you that there be no more as the bible declares and God walked with Enoch, or Enoch walked with God, and he was no more because God took him. I believe he enjoyed intimacy with this man he created. Oh yes, may God enjoy our company, hiya! I know there are times to cry out, to intercede, to pray, but let me times just bless him, just worship him, say, Lord, I just came to say, I love you, I came to blow kisses to you, I came to declare you're the best. I came to declare it is you who has released from death and destruction. I came to love you. Can somebody do that for one minute?
0: We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Equeme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.